Hello and welcome back to Dr. Quackers and today we're reviewing Hook. Uh, once again, I will remind those who listen that my voice uh, still sounds like crap. I lost it. It still hasn't come back fully. So yeah, another episode of Sounding Like This. At least we get to listen to a guy that probably sounds like Christian Bale's Batman, at least in terms of pitch and how it sounds. Um, I promise I won't scream as Rachel. So, yeah, this one will have a problem. So, let's get into the review. One of my favorite stories from my childhood, mainly due to this movie and the Peter and the Starcatchers book series. Uh, now this movie also emotionally destroyed me at five years old. But I'll get into that point later. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it wrecked, it, wrecked my, it wrecked my heart. Destroyed my very fragile emotional state at five years old. But I'll tell you why. One of the easiest things to say about this movie is the star-studded cast. Robin Williams, Dustin Hoffman, Bob Hoskins, Julia Roberts, Maggie Smith, Glenn Close. You must be, you didn't know Glenn Close is in this if you have seen it. Gwyneth Paltrow, Car uh, Carolyn Goodall, and Dante Bosco. Um, yeah, I, I'm just going to talk quickly about Glenn Close because he doesn't have a huge part in this. There is a pirate in the beginning of this movie that Captain Hook uh, tortures in the boo box. Um, yeah, he's uh, he was played by a woman, Glenn Close, one of the most famous actresses on the planet. Yeah, I didn't know that. And honestly, if no one told, like, if I didn't find that out, no, if no one ever mentioned that, like, I, someone told me, uh, and I have a friend that's also in the movie, and they told me about it, and I was like, really? And then I watched it and looked it up, and I was like, holy shit. That's Glenn Close. So, yeah, crazy fun fact if you didn't already know that. And he's not, I haven't been able to find any credits for him, but uh, there's another pirate in this movie that's played by Apollo, uh, Apollo Creed's trainer from the Rocky films. I recognized him immediately. I'm like, hey, that's Apollo Creed's trainer from the Rocky movies. So, yeah, another quick one that no one knew about. But anyway, back, back to the main cast. The best performance, in my opinion, is from Dustin Hoffman, who plays the titular Captain Hook. He's super charismatic, perfectly fits the character. I think he emphasizes all of, like, you know, the normal Captain Hook quirks, uh, the way he treats his crew, the way he looks at the crew, uh, the way he looks at himself compared to others. And he's just great. I, I, I do really enjoy Dustin Hoffman. So, yeah, he's great as Captain Hook. Easily the best part of the movie on top of the best performance. I think it's great. I think that's part of the reason why uh, he's the titular title of the movie, Hook. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's great. I, I think it's really fun. I think it's really entertaining. He's a villain's villain, man. He's a bad guy because he's a bad guy. He wants to fuck motherfuckers up. And I like that. I also like how he's a lot more brutal in this one. Because, like, I mean, obviously in the old Disney, they weren't you know, everybody shooting motherfuckers. So in this one, he actually kills like crewmates. He kills people. Uh, he kills... Um, well, I'll leave that to you. I, I don't like to spoil everything in movies, so, but he kills uh, the fan favorite of this movie, and I won't say which one's the fan favorite. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bob Haskins is also great, uh, only adding to the main villain's performance. Uh, not performance, yeah, performance and presence. He's a, he plays Smee. It's great. Um, my, my second favorite character in the movie, I think he's hilarious. Uh, Bob Haskins is great. Most people know him for who framed Roger Rabbit, um, or the Mar or the Super Mario movie. Yikes! But yeah, he's he's terrific, and him and Dustin Hoffman have great on-screen chemistry together. Um, yeah, 
one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when Captain Hook decides to be over dramatic and he tells Smee he's going to kill himself. So he puts like a Spormark pistol to his head. He's like, don't you dare try and stop me, Smee. And he's like, oh, no, you're being dramatic again. And he's like, I'm going to do it, Smee. Don't you dare stop me, Smee. And he's like, what are you doing, Smee? Get off your ass and stop me. And so, I mean, that's funny. I'm probably not doing, obviously, I'm not doing, I'm performing as well as Dustin Hoffman. But either way, it's a great scene. And I hope that came across. <laughs> yeah, Robin Williams is also uh, good as Peter Pan. I mean, it's Robin Williams. He's going to be entertaining. Uh, no one ever has criticized Robin Williams for his lack of performance. I don't know if it was the smartest choice for Peter Pan. Um, I like him in the role. But there's some parts of the movie where I'm like, hey, Tony Town, just a little bit, buddy. Just a little bit. I'm not saying he did a bad job. I know there's, there's probably a good, most people on the planet love Ron Williams, and I love him too. So I don't really want to spend time speaking ill of the dead. So I'm going to move on. Uh, this is the only movie I like Julia Roberts in. At least as, as much as I can think of, I can't think of another movie I actually like. Liked liked her in specifically the movie she's in I like, but this is the only one I actually like her in it. Uh, she plays Tinkerbell, and yeah, I mean this is the only time I've liked her. Yeah, that's all I gotta say about it. Uh, Maggie Smith, uh, who most know from the Harry Potter films, plays Professor McGonagall, and she's been in Downton Abbey, uh, that really famous, <laughs> really popular TV show. So yeah, she's doing well. <laughs> plays the famous uh, Wendy Darling. Uh, one of the few surprises I got from this movie was that the actor who plays Rufio, Dante Bosco, plays Zuko in Avatar The Last Airbender. I'm watching this movie, and I was like, why does his voice sound so familiar? It's because he fucking voiced Zuko from Avatar. I was like, I, I was, as, you know, because obviously I do some research, and I want to make sure I know the names, or at least, and at least I'm right about them. And I like to have some extra background just in case there's an actor I don't recognize. And I was like, I feel like I've, I know him from something else. And then, yeah, sure shit. I looked at his bio and what he's done. Zuko from Avatar. That's just crazy. And, yeah, he's also in Blood and Bone, which is a really cheesy action movie I liked when I was a teenager. So, yeah. <laughs> the costume design is excellent, especially Rufio and Captain Hook, who look amazing. Um, especially Captain Hook. I love his coats. Uh, for some reason, when I was a kid, I really liked villains that had cool outfits. So I liked uh, the Phantom of the Opera, Bitches Styling. Same with Captain Hook and uh, Joker. I thought they looked good. I liked I liked the put-together outfits. If you're going to be a villain, might as well look nice. And I definitely feel like they continue to have this movie. The special effects uh, that use CGI are dated. It's from 1991. It's going to look like shit now. Uh, not all of them. I think Star Wars uh, still holds up pretty well, even though it's been updated a few times. But, yeah, it, I I remember what the VHS looked like, and it still looked pretty good comparatively. Um, but the practical effects are still pretty good. I enjoy them. I think the Jolly Roger looks really cool. Um, yeah, I liked all of that. I think it was cool. And I really like the design of, like, so after Peter Pan left uh, Neverland, and obviously Robin Williams is now playing a child, but uh, the pirates kind of like took over a little bit more. Like they have like this whole port. There's like an actual economy with the pirates because there's other people that aren't specifically a part of the crew. 
So yeah, I really like the whole setup of it. It's kind of cool. Yeah, I enjoy it. Um, still pretty good. The score is pretty decent. It's not really spectacular, but it's passable. I think uh, the best music is with the pirates, like especially um, when the crew, when you're first introduced to Dustin Hoffman's Hook, when the crew's you know chanting and singing like a sea shanty as they're delivering the newly sharpened hook to him. I think that's cool. I like that part. Rest of it's like meh. Not bad. Uh, it does its job, but I'm not single going, oh my god, you believe the music in the movie? Which, arguably, sometimes that's what it's supposed to be. It doesn't need to draw your attention. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> now, I do enjoy the movie. I do think it's an interesting take of the story of Peter Pan. I also like how they explain how Peter got to Neverland. And that is the part that I recommend as a child. We'll fully get into it in a second. And the other part I liked um, was that the author was the neighbor of the daughter. So they explain kind of like, yeah, there's the book and everything. So it's kind of similar to like uh, New Nightmare, the Wes Craven's New Nightmare, where like it was Freddy Krueger in the real world. So they kind of did the same thing in this where it was like Peter Pan in the real world. So I kind of like that part. I think, yeah, yeah, I liked it. I thought it was interesting. There's a little blurb, a little information that I didn't have to include that I thought I, I liked the little touches. Anyway, back to when I cried my eyes out when I was five. So you come to find out this movie that you find out how Peter Pan was initially got to Neverland. And so um, there's this scene where he's getting like his, his, uh, his flashbacks to like his memories of when he was Peter Pan because never explains how, but he had like total amnesia. I don't know if it's because when you leave Neverland, the Wendy still remembers Neverland. I don't know. I don't know the rules. It's kind of weird, and then it kind of brings down the movie a little bit for me. But anyway, so he's like in his old clubhouse with Tinkerbell, and he's reminiscing. And there's a scene where you see him with his mother, and he's like a baby. And uh, they're talking about his father, and he talks about how he didn't want to grow up to be like his father because he knew that one day he would die. And so he like somehow he's like he gets like lost with his teddy bear and i don't know just the scene with a baby just like uh, his carriage knocked over and he's just laying in the street and he's just getting rained on and crying that just ruined my day when i was five years old i don't know what specifically did it like i watched it as an adult and i'm like i don't really know why this wrecked me so hard i think it was just the image i i didn't like i just didn't like it and then I don't know. I think part of it was like <laughs> when I was a kid, just that like he like never got to see his parents because um, yeah, I'll get into like the the story a little bit more later, but yeah, it, it I don't know. It just crushed me. I just remember my mom coming back into the room during that scene, and she was like, "What's the matter?" And I'm like, "Oh no, <laughs> he's alone in the street and it's raining." Like I just remember that part. And I just, like, I haven't seen this movie in ever, by the way. I haven't seen it since I was, like, probably 10. So it's been a minute since I've seen this movie. But, yeah, I just remember, that's, like, one of my most vivid memories of, like, early, ado early adolescence was cat was the movie Hook making me bawl my eyes out. Uh, you know, a quick little side note. Uh, it's not about this movie, but 
there was two movies and like besides Hook, there was another movie that I remember in early adolescence that completely rocked my soul as well. It was Big Daddy. It was the if you don't know what Big Daddy is, it's an Adam Sandler movie um, mm-hmm. where he's like taking care of his like roommate's son, but he ends up he's like I'm gonna adopt him. But there's like in the halfway through the movie, spoilers if you haven't seen Big Daddy, which it's old as shit and it's Adam Sandler, so you've probably seen it. His movies are popular whether you think they're dumb or not. But there's in the middle of the movie, the uh, the orphanage, the adoption agency finds out he's been lying to them. So they show up and they because he's a little kid, he doesn't understand what's going on, and they basically are, they take him away, and that's like. I don't know. That was that. I was around the same age as when uh, I cried at Hook, and when the kids like cr- like freaking out, Adam Sandler's like crying and everything. I just remember like <laughs> that was the other movie from a little kid where I was like, I'm dying, I'm dying right now. And I just remember bawling my eyes out at that. I can't think of another movie that made me bawl my eyes out at that age other than Hook in that movie. But yeah, <laughs> in case you'd like to know, that like wrecked me. <laughs> but anyway. Back to the review. Um, however, this movie has some weird parts. Wendy constantly longing for Peter. Tinkerbell constantly longing for Peter. And Peter acting like a kid again after he remembers his mom. So I do like how they mention that like when you're on when you're Neverland, you forget things. You get too focused and you, you forget the life before you have in Neverland. And I like all that parts, and then that's cool and everything, but it's okay. That's I just wanted to say something nice before I really tear this movie a bit of an asshole. Not a lot, but a bit. So it's super fucking weird that Wendy, who, by the way, is like in her 90s at this point, um, who helped raise Peter Pan when he decided to leave Neverland because he fell in love with Moira which is Wendy's granddaughter. He saw her, and he immediately knew he didn't want to go back to Neverland. Yeah, okay. So he's married to the granddaughter, has two kids with her, okay, for the whole movie. And she helped raise him partially and get him an adopted family. Wendy, after Peter returned, decided to open an orphanage. In fact, some of the Lost Boys, the original Lost Boys, left with Peter and is there, like Toodles, um... Yeah, and it's super weird that the whole movie, she's like openly attracted to him and openly flirts with him and always looks at him longingly, even though I know he's considerably older than her technically because he's been, he was on Neverland he was in Neverland for like at least a few hundred years, but still, it's super fucking weird that she is still longing for him. With all of this information. Super fucking weird. And that makes me uncomfortable. The other thing that makes me extremely uncomfortable. Is Tinkerbell. Because Tinkerbell was best friends with him. When he was a child. And now that she meets him again as an adult. She talked about how she was in love with him. And longed for him always. He's a fucking child. And she was an immortal being. Unless you say you don't believe in fairies. Then, then she fucking dies. But what the fuck it's super weird to me. She becomes big. She becomes like adult sized at one point, and she kisses Peter. It's super weird. It makes me uncomfortable. 
just like you for friends with him as a child. It doesn't matter how, how old he is technically. He had the body of a child for the longest time and the mind. Because all he did was play games all day and fight things and do all this other shit. Now, why the fuck are you trying to fuck him? Because you don't know him as an adult. You only know him as a child. That's weird. Makes me uncomfortable. I don't like it. I can't tell you how much I don't like it other than just repeating myself. So, yeah, I don't fucking like it. And, yeah, Peter acting like uh, a kid after remembering that he was Peter Pan. Also really weird. It's really weird seeing Robin Williams run around in tights for, like, 10, 15 minutes thinking he's a child. Because that's just what happens. Until Tinkerbell reminds him why he's there, because you're never going to make him forget. Like, hey, you're here, you're here to save your kids at Camp Hook, you know, kidnapped. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm an adult. Weird, okay? It's, it's, it's like how uncomfortable you get when you watch Jack. That other Robin Williams movie where he pretends to be a child. It reminds you of that. It's weird. Why are you doing that? It's fine if you, you know, he acts so light. Hey, you know, like, I remember all of you again. We used to have the best of times. That's fine. But when he's like, I'm acting like a kid again, and I'm dumb-dumb, and I'm talking like a child, like, when he asks Tinks if she's okay, because this is right before she tries to make her move on him, by the way, he starts acting like an old self, like a fucking child. That's weird. I don't know. I've heard a lot of people talk about this movie, but no one ever brings that up. Super weird. I don't like it. Just like the other two things. You only know him as a child. And kind of you know, a little bit, a little pet, little bit of pedophilia. I don't like that. Now I'm, I'm not accusing the movie of being pedoph- like being a pedophile movie, but it's kind of weird. They have, they all want to fuck a kid. Just saying. Super weird. I don't think it really ruins the movie. Don't get me wrong. Maybe I'm reading into it too much. Maybe it's just I'm. I don't know, maybe I'm just weird. Maybe maybe no one else views it this way. I certainly fucking do. And I feel like if you watch this movie, after you finish your review, you'll also see it. So, yeah. Yeah, that's my review. That's my actual... Oh, I have another part of this movie. So, let's get into that part. Because this one really distracted me. But, so sometimes the end of a villain can also hurt the movie, okay? So, the crocodile... The titular, besides Peter Pan, the big bad, like, bad guy, the real bad guy, the one who wants to eat everybody, is the crocodile that Hook's hand got, or James, uh, James Hook, got his hand chopped off by Peter Pan and fed it to the crocodile. Ever since then, the crocodile's been chasing him down, trying to eat him. Okay, that's in the movie. What's kind of cool is how, Peter, like, Neverland continued his story. And that after Peter Pan left, Hook kills the crocodile, and he guts him and stuffs him with a clock. And now he's like a giant clock. So I'm like, okay, cool. I don't, for some reason, I didn't remember that part of the movie. But for some fucking reason, clocks still bother Hook, even though he killed the fucking crocodile. Makes no sense. Just rules it. Alright? So... If the crocodile was still alive and out there, I feel like I wouldn't have this complaint at all. It's just, so I'll, I'll explain the two ways I think they could have fixed it. So at the end of the movie, Peter and Hook have their fight. Peter wins. And then 
he decides not to kill him, which is what I actually kind of like about this movie. This kid's not a Peter Pan's an adult. He's like, you deserve to die for the shit you've done. And then the kids are like, yeah, fuck him. And he pushes Peter. Same with the Lost Boys. They're like, yeah, fuck him. Fuck you. You are. The kid's like, get out of here. And then, like, like Captain Hook's like, yeah, it's fine. It's truce. We're done. They had a war. That's it. And then, like, as he starts to walk away, he's like, nah, fuck that shit. And then he's like, nah, I'm going to kill you. And they're, like, fighting right in front of the stuffed clock. And then Peter Pan moves as he tries to hit him with his hook. And then all of a sudden, the crocodile is alive again. So you hear the crocodile roar after he, like, shoves the hook into the body of a crocodile. Which, I don't know how how the crocodile is alive after throughout the... Like, there's a few times when they mention in the movie... That the crocodile was killed, gutted, and turned into a clock. Okay? There's no internal organs in this thing. Alright? And it's not like it really moves. The only thing it does is, like, slightly move his head. So, he's just like, oh my god. And then you're like, you know. Then the crocodile lands on him. Doesn't close his mouth. Just, like, Captain Hook just disappears. And then, like, the crocodile bursts. But then the crocodile is just dead again like the lost boys and everyone's like around this thing looking in it in fact there's a couple lost boys that literally walk into its mouth and they're like oh yeah okay if this crocodile is like you know a giant fucking crocodile that has shown many <coughs> many times that it likes to eat people why wouldn't it eat the lost boys it doesn't make any sense it came alive just to kill hook and then it's dead again I don't. I know it's a kids movie, but I don't care. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Cause there's two ways to fix this. One, just don't mention the crocodile, or don't include the crocodile until the end. As like, hey, remember the crocodile? I bet you forgot about that. Like, you know, why wouldn't you just do that? Or have him be killed by something else, or he decides to get defeated some other way. Maybe instead. He tries to, he gets hit with a stray cannonball. Something other than that's just revive the crocodile randomly after we've said the whole movie it's dead and you've told the audience he's been stuffed with clock parts. How is he alive? I know I'm complaining about things that don't really matter, but still, it really takes away from the movie for me. Now, after hearing all this, I know you're like, you really just shat on this movie for the past 12 minutes. I don't care, okay? I still enjoy it. I still think it's fun. Dustin Hoffman and Bob Hoskins are Olivia Nathini as Sweeney and Captain Hook. And I do think the angle of Peter Pan becoming a lawyer and he's compared to a pirate in the courtroom that blow him out of the water. I think all that stuff is interesting. I think it's cool. Well, not cool, but it's like, it's like, oh, that's a cool twist on the character. Oh, that's a cool twist on the story. And I think the interactions with the kids are done well. And, yeah, I'm really happy that he used to be, like, a family man. And I think how Peter Pan re-gets his new happy memories is, like, his wife and kids. I think that's interesting. I think that's a good part of the movie. That he can't, he's, his, his happy thoughts aren't the same anymore. And that he's grown since being Peter Pan. And yeah. I think that's kind of cool. And I like Rufio. 
he's a fan favorite. I enjoy him. My favorite characters, I mean, besides Captain Hook C, is Thud. He's he's the chubby black kid. I think he's hilarious. All right. He's also the one that has two little marbles, who my aunt's and my mother's favorite character and my grandmother's. Because throughout this whole movie, I'm a lost boy who left the theater. He's old as shit. And you just see him wandering the house at Wendy's looking for, well, I lost my marbles. I lost my marbles. I think I lost my marbles. And I can't find them. And eventually he gets his marbles by the end of the movie because Thud gives Peter the marble. And I kind of like the twist that Peter Pan, Pan isn't his last name. It's sort of a title because when Peter first comes back, Rufio, then he's like, I'm the Pan. I'm the Pan because I have Peter Pan's clothes. And it's got to have a title now. And then when Peter leaves, he gives it to Thud. And then Thud's the new Pan. And I like that. I like I like Thud. I like his arm. I like how to fight people. He runs himself literally into a ball. And runs people over. Just like my favorite Overwatch character. Ant. <laughs> I, I know it's Wrecking Ball. I think it's like Ace Buddies. But yeah. I, I, I enjoy him. I like it. <laughs> I don't care. There might be some people like. It's Mac Bobic that he's fat. And he runs people over when he goes into a ball. I don't care. I don't. I think it's funny. I think it's good comedy. I enjoy And he ends up being you know, in charge. He becomes the new pan. So. Fuck off. That's what I gotta say about it. But yeah, back to the Toodles thing. Yeah, I can't tell you how often my uh, my my mom, my aunt, my grandmother say, I lost my marbles. Because everyone thinks he's fucking crazy for the whole movie. But yeah, that was a... Uh, this, yeah, this movie is quoted quite often. Specifically that line. But yeah, uh, I'm gonna give this movie uh, 6 out of 10. It's slightly above average. Um, unfortunately, the really the three little weird, weird parts of the movie bring it down. And then the crocodile thing and how they go over to Captain Hook bugs me because it doesn't make any sense. It's it's one of those things in movies. It's like ah, it's one of those gotcha moments. It's like oh, we could do a switcheroo that I don't like. I don't like that. I didn't like the switcheroo. Sometimes when could have done more, they usually get sucked out. So it's a slightly above average movie. I do enjoy it. I think it's fun. I think this is definitely a good kids movie. Uh, if you're not five and uh, emotionally fragile at that age and you and you're not that sensitive to those things then you'll probably be just fine but uh yeah it's a six out of ten i'll do judges review this one's a bit of a long one if you did enjoy this review please go and listen to my other reviews i so, i promise my voice sounds better in the other ones so yeah hope you enjoyed uh, and stay tuned <laughs> Let's face it, we all drop hundreds of dollars on shit that hasn't done much good. When was the last time you spent just $225 and you actually profoundly changed your life? Answer, most likely never. Well, if you want your chance, here it is. If you are out of shape and have said more times you can count, I need to do something about this. This is opportunity knocking. You have approximately 3,640 weeks in your lifetime. 16 spent wisely can make whatever you have left better than you could have imagined. Get in or back in shape with expert guidance from a certified and experienced professional trainer. No crash diets, no bulk shit, just results. Visit www.vikingfitnessnh.com, mention Dr. Quackers, and get 10% off your, your custom fitness plan. Again, that's www.vikingfitnessnh.com.
vikingfitnessnh.com. Thank you.